Welcome to Directors in Dialogue, Animation Edition. My name is Christina Yee, and I'm here at the Screen Directors Guild of Ireland, interviewing animation directors about their craft. In this episode, we welcome Brona O'Hanlon, a director at Brown Bag Films, which is the largest animation studio in Ireland. Brona was a longtime director on the hit Disney preschool series, Doc McStuffins, but has recently created and directed her own show entitled Sadie Sparks for the Disney Channel. Um, now we're in the brown bag offices. This is your sort of daily work home. Yeah, my, my mecca, I guess, yeah. if you will. Yeah, I won't leave you at the moment. It's six <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> and could you tell us what you're working on at the moment? Um, well, we're just wrapping up uh, the show Sadie Sparks, which is a show I created and I'm directing or finishing directing at the mm. moment. And um, after that, I am ramping up. I literally just had my first meeting on it on another show, um, which is Karma. Um, that one is sort of on the cusp um, and is sort of in the finishing off development stage, you know, which is really exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about uh, what it's what it's about? And Well, it's, it's about uh, a young uh, African-American girl in New York. Um, she's probably about uh, 11, 12 years old. And um, she's a, a rapper in the making, you know, and it's about how um, everything in her life um, helps her to develop her own voice in her music. And her friends also, you know, quite creative. And it's it's sort of um, how really, in my mind, how creative people, you know, just nearly have a different way of looking at things and how yeah. everything around them just really helps um, every quirky little thing to um, refine their art, I guess. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it should be lots of fun, you know. So I like the idea that like she's got this inner voice and like sometimes them um, her creativity bleeds out into the real world. So like her her uh her reality and fantasy world just sort of, you know, are more connected than maybe the average person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you feel like you relate to that character on that level? Oh god yeah like I'm never I'm never in my actual body it's like always floating a bit uh, above us you know sort of thinking on the next thing so yeah I'm sure I got told a lot of times you know uh, just to you know try and live a bit more in the moment so instead you're like oh well wouldn't that be funny if you did this or that and so with it with this project at this stage of de development what does your day-to-day -day look like um well it's it's kind of a, a weird one because my day-to-day -day is like ramping or like finishing um mm. on one project so it's like the, the complete end stage of mixes and all of that um and then ramping up on the other one so it's the complete polar opposites um of you know character designs and um, refining the bible notes on um pilot scripts you know like this kind of thing so yeah. it's really trying to really hone the style of the whole thing and everyone's i guess the 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 script voice you know, um, until now, I just haven't had any time to do this. So it's it's going to be great to actually jump into that. And with a show that's about a young girl who's um, a rapper or a, an aspiring rapper, are there are there raps yet? Is it's, there music? <laughs> yeah, well, they've um, like the show was um, developed from an idea from the rapper Ludacris. So he's involved. So he will be doing the raps for the show that's amazing I know so it's kind of you're sort of going uh in the script it's just like um insert rap here yeah. <laughs> insert awesome rap here so uh that's it which, which is great to have all that sort of sorted and and um, are you going to be working closely with Ludacris then for for these things I I would like to <laughs> 
I so am, it should be like it, it is his it comes from like brand bike have been developing this as their own ip with mm. him from his idea because he he i think comes from a family of he's got lots of girls himself and i think yeah. he wanted a show that you know would appeal to i guess the musician in him and you know kids that he knows and you yeah. know is uh came up with you know but also for his girls well, I am not made- to put words in his mouth but like yeah I yeah assume. Oh, I am majorly freaking out at how cool that is. That's such a cool project. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like no pressure then, you know. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, no pressure. But now tell us a bit more about Sadie Sparks because this is a show that is your own creation that you've kind of taken from concept and now into a show that's it's out there in the world now, isn't it? I know. It, it's, it first aired on, um, it was this, um, Easter Saturday. Yeah. yeah so uh it was, yeah, it was kind of weird watching it with my little niece, you know, but she's completely not the right age group for us, you know, but she still seemed to get something out of it, which was good. That's great. Yeah. It was so weird seeing it like on the, the sky box, you know, like, oh, this is new show on Disney. Yeah. Does it feel like it's like really a real thing now? Or did it feel I, like that ages ago? It, yeah. Ooh, it's weird because <laughs> like I've been, I'm so used to seeing it on some one screen or another, like yeah. either doing notes on your phone or your laptop or your, you know, uh. The, the monitor or our screen, you know, in work, you know, that seeing it on a TV screen at home, you're like going, oh, have, has it not already been on? I'm sure <laughs> I've seen it on every type of screen known to man at this stage. Yeah. Has everybody not seen this already? <laughs> yeah. Like it's weird. I guess it's once your parents, you know, see it and they're going, oh, so you actually produce something. You have a job, <laughs> you know, it's like, going, okay, now it's real. They've yeah. seen it. <laughs> and so how long did it take to get Sadie Sparks made? Um, well... I mean, development is, um, you know, uh, an interesting beast. Mm. So I think Sadie, from the very first time I pitched it to when we started, it was probably nearly 10 years. Like I, I pitched it when I was in my early 20s. And um, when it, like Brian Bike, I really liked the idea of it. Um, and then they, we were, they were pitching it around, but uh, they got told, um, it's great, but could you make it a, a boy char- main character? Mm. And it was like... It was so frustrating. <laughs> it's like, because you sort of get in, or like I got into animation because it was like, I want to see more people like me on the screen, you yeah. know, like that I can relate to. And you're like going, oh, so people probably were trying to make shows for me and no one would let them, you know. Yeah. And then you get told, uh, I mean, one of the re- things that they say is um, that girls will watch shows about boys but boys won't watch shows about girls. So we're mm. going to make shows about boys because that covers the most bases. And it's like, well, is it feels like you're punishing girls for being more open-minded yeah. than boys. <laughs> and then another thing you get is um, the on the total other end, one of the other excuses you hear is that um, girls of a certain age, you know, from um, 11 up, or six upwards, which is the age that our show is for, it's like um, six to 11-year-olds, that they start watching um, TV sitcoms, you know, um, and they were going, well, so why would we make an animation for girls if they're just going to watch live action? And it's like, going, well, maybe girls at that stage are realizing you're not making shows about them. So they're going to go into live action shows, which are being made for them. Yeah. So I sort of think <laughs> it's this like chicken and the egg thing. But uh, now people, I think with the successes of some shows, um, animation shows like Doc and, you know, um, other shows like that, uh, people are sort of beginning to realize that girls do like animation. You know, yeah. possibly you make it for them. So, uh, which is great. So, and now, yeah, it got, gets made. Yeah. And one of the one of the things about animation in Ireland and the animation industry here is that a lot of what is made tends to be preschool. Yeah. Were there special challenges? Like, did you feel like there were different hurdles to overcome making a show that's original IP and that's for that older age group? It was weird. Like, when I pitched it first, um, 
like I definitely I always wanted to be a girl but I wasn't really um thinking a specific age group you know mm. like I, I was pitching it first for a younger age group because that's what we had done and I thought that's what will actually get it made and it was actually um, in-house it started developing into like maybe jumping into that older age group which yeah. I was thrilled about because like I would have um, like loved shows like Buffy you know and the Goonies and it felt a bit more like that age group and yeah the kind of the banter that you get for that um, and I have to say like when we started making it like there was that sort of nervousness that oh my god or are, are you going to start aging it down am I going to be directing it too young because I'm, that's all I know kind of thing but it, it turned out to be really really uh like fun and just a, a more natural progression you know the mm. scripts were sort of stuff that you found funny and the, the banter you know and like how rapid fire it was and um the, the quick pace is probably a bit too quick for most people <laughs> um and the the sort of the the choices and the cameras and all that was a bit more grown up and it was like you could just actually let go a bit more uh yeah. with the older age group which was great it'll be uh, interesting to go back to a younger show now after yeah that. yeah <laughs> how long were were you working on sadie sparks like how long was production besides oh, the 10 it, years yeah two years yeah so it's like a, a big chunk of time really you know yeah. but yeah it's it's been an interesting rise let's just say <laughs> And do you have like a favorite part of of that process? Um, well, I think when you work on a show for two years, you nearly, I think you find something interesting, exciting about each stage. Mm. So like development is always brilliant because it, there's nearly a no holds bar. You know, like if, if someone says no to you, you, people nearly get paper thrown at them because <laughs> it, at that stage, it's like, let's just throw stuff on the board and see what sticks. And then when you go into production, it's sort of seeing how that gets refined and how the characters are starting to, you know, come to life. And like one of the things that is the most fun is when you start seeing like that first HD pass, when you see the characters in the backgrounds. But it's also the most terrifying moment because <laughs> it's until then you're like going, this this may not work. You yeah. know? <laughs> Especially in our show, they had um, we I wanted and um, there's two distinct um settings in it like the setting in the real world and the magical world and the real world is 3d and when they go into the magical top hat the the magical world is 2d animation mm. so to be honest until we saw that in the hd stage you're like going how how is like cutting between 2d and 3d gonna work you know like yeah. is it gonna be jarring is it just gonna be a smooth transition and when you see that and you're going oh yeah okay i think it works i think it works <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah i so i have seen you know some episodes of sadie sparks I would say it works beautifully. It's amazing. Okay, it's beautiful. What and what made you decide to do to do it that way to have the real world be three D and the magical world be two D? Um, I I think sometimes production can dictate certain things, you know. Um, and there there was at a certain stage where it was like, well, if you do the two D worlds, like all those sets, you know, all those characters. Well, I, this is what was thought at the time. So I was. In one way, you have it in your head to try and make it production friendly. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes having these obstacles actually help you come up with something like workarounds that actually makes it amazing. I think if, if I'd had a budget that was through the roof, I probably might not have thought about doing um, the 2D world in 2D. You know, yeah. I would have just, it, it would have been easy to just go, let's just make it 3D. To be honest, 2D is just as expensive as 3D in the end. <laughs> so I don't know if we saved anything, but I always loved 
um, shows when I was growing up, like the Water Babies, that went like from live action into like uh, underwater, which then turned into 2D. It, it always seemed more magical to actually see a character physically go through a transition like yeah. that. So like in the show, we were trying to at certain parts, we didn't do it too often because it killed us. <laughs> um, where the character actually physically turned from 2D into 3D as they go through like the Alice in the Looking Glass yeah, moment. Yeah. There's um, a moment in the last episode where she's um, she's like in this vortex, you know, no spoiler at all here. You know? <laughs> uh, and uh, she's flicking from 2D to 3D as she's been ripped between the two um, kind of um, dimensions, I guess. And it was like, so like that had to be, the 2D had to be rotoscoped over the 3D to get this, you merging up yeah, the two flickering. versions and like for me I was like I just love that kind of stuff yeah so for me that was just the most magical elements you know and and just for it's weird because both 2D and 3D is fantasy for us you know but to get that feeling that 3D is the real world and then the 2D is this magical um surreal thing when yeah. you're going well actually they're both surreal neither yeah. actually exists <laughs> but um it, that for me was the biggest accomplishment so that sounds amazing and there's something about that, you know, it being 2D as well, that feels like it's harkening back to the really like magical films that a lot of people grew up with as well. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's some elements. I mean, anyone that works in um, animation will know, um, it, like in 2D, it's like, well, how much of it is hand drawn? How much of it is sort of puppet flash, you know, like Toon mm. Boom type animation? So we tried to lean um, in a lot of places to have it more smooth and just get that feel of the more old school look, yeah. especially in the backgrounds and that. Um, so it's, it was just, we wanted it to just feel rich and decadent in this world that like you so want to go to. And I have to say, poor Durham, he was our art director on it. And I don't think, any, any, I keep telling people this, it's like <laughs> poor Durham had to uh, be two art directors because he had to design everything twice for the real world and then the 2D world. So mm. every character once got approved, it's like, okay, so now go back and do the exact same thing again in 2D. <laughs> Uh, so I'd say he was like pulling out his hair. <laughs> yeah, lots of deja vu moments. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, it was, yeah, it was very interesting. And two different styles, two different animation styles, you know, depending on what worlds yeah. you're in. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely interesting. We didn't do ourselves any favors. <laughs> <laughs> now, you started out doing 2D animation in your own career. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, a computer phobic. I didn't like did not know how to use it. Uh, I think I, I did a, a an add-on degree in Dunleary in interactive multimedia. And I think at that stage, it's where um, 3D kind of clicked a bit mm. more for me. Uh, but definitely, Brand Bike at that stage was a 2D studio. So we were, um, I came on board after um, Give Up Your Old Sins got the Oscar nomination. And I came on board to do the um, coloring on um, the series of Give Up Your Old Sins that came after it on the DVD. So... At that stage, everything, we, we were doing smatterings of um, 3D. And mm. um, finally, when I was doing directing of commercials, I would have been directing 3D in that. Uh, but when we decided to make the jump into um, just doing TV shows, that would have, at that stage, we were like purely a, a 3D company. So it was really nice to sort of hark back to your 2D um, roots on this show, you yeah, know, when you're yeah. uh, doing the 2D sections, which I think amassed to about um, a minute per episode. And you're like, going, oh, it's like nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. So I guess when you were learning to animate, did you learn on paper or were you learning as like a 2D digital um, artist? I, I think I would have done both because in Dunleary, you know, they would have had, you would have had classes in mm. both of them. But um, I think, especially with 3D, unless you're like doing it 
like full time 3D learning it. There's just so much to learn. So you're mm. never really going to, in my mind, develop strong skills to go into a company from college if you're just doing like a class in it you know a week yeah you, you need to like just be a hundred percent on 3d and then also like a hundred percent in one area like lighting or rigging or animation or modeling or m- maybe two areas like um rigging and animation or something like that um so i've i think it's it's hard for students um to come in to, to make i find to make that jump from um, college to um, a studio, especially since a lot of the studios in Dublin have now gone quite big. Mm. And we also joke in here um, to our bosses, um, myself and one of the other directors, that uh, we started around the same time and it's like now you wouldn't even hire us. Like, uh, you, like yeah. had we come <laughs> from college, um, we wouldn't have had the skill set that you would now hire and like look sort of where we are now in the company. So you're actually, you don't know what people you're not bringing into the company talent wise because they just don't have the experience at the time that yeah. we now need so. and and would you say that's around especially doing stuff in 3d like for people who are in colleges or in colleges now if they want a job at a company like brown bag should they be looking to specialize in a much more extreme way than maybe they're being encouraged to do now yeah i mean i think i like i remember uh, one girl that i knew um i got her like she was getting she did work experience for two weeks here mm. and and we, we don't do any more than that you know like otherwise it turns into an in- internship and you know this kind of thing and then you have to like be fair and like offer it to everyone kind of thing but I was telling her you should just go and get two weeks work experience in every company in Dublin just go <laughs> go to each one and build up like a two-month internship by going to every <laughs> single company which I think she actually ended up doing so she got and I said make contacts be Facebook friends with everyone and I, th- I think she did work with a, a lot of of the different ones and I sort of think anyone who goes in and works for even like two weeks or like even did that maybe in two companies like and got a month out of it even in first year of that I think they get a better clarity of what is actually expected of them you know mm. and then I think you go back to college with a, just a, a clear vision of well this is what I need to do you know because yeah. like I remember being in college you go in and you get to animate or make your own film and you're like going the world is my oyster. I'm going to create my Mona Lisa, you know. And I think sometimes if you go to a company and you see the structure and it's like, I don't need a perfect, I need it today kind of thing. Um, it, it gives you that sort of clarity of yeah. vision. And I think also people want to like, they want to model their character, then they want to rig the character, then they want to animate it and go, this is all me. And it's like, no, if you want to animate, get some awesome character and awesome rig off the internet and Put, show your animation style um, using the best that you can, you know, because yeah, if it's, yeah. if it's an, if modeling isn't your talent, you know, and you're doing animating an ugly ass model with an awful rig, <laughs> no one's going to be able to see your animation, you know, yeah, they're just we'll going to be, be looking at thinking, this. God, that's so ugly. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, oh. <laughs> that's really interesting. And I think it's particularly interesting to hear you say like, oh, like, you know, I wouldn't be hired now. Because that's kind of also related to what's happening in the industry now, which is that it's this huge boom. Yeah. And that, you know, so many companies are hiring and they like almost can't keep up with the, you know, amount of crew that they need to to get and find. Yeah. Um, but in that same in that same way, like there aren't so many people starting smaller you know companies who will do just about anything yeah like I think myself I mean when I started in in brand bag there was four people here before me Mm. um so it was definitely like a boutique company so like I came in and uh like yeah I was I was doing 
like Photoshop work, backgrounds, um, characters, um, lip sync, you know, it was really uh, like After Effects, you know, it was really what was sort of needed then. So you were like this, um, what is, is sort of jacking of all trades. Yeah. And it was a great way to to work and also just to see what elements you just naturally lean towards. So I always lean towards the the look and feel, you know, like what this finished thing is going to be like. So I, I always loved the pitch stage. Mm. I like a brown bag at that stage. It was like uh, myself and this other um, director now, um, we'd, when we were pitching for commercials, it was like, okay, go off and come up with a, a concept, like an image or whatever. And whichever one the, com- or the, the agency liked, and then it was like, okay, so you direct it then. <laughs> it was like, so it was like, oh, so it better look good because if it doesn't look good, I'm not directing it. Um, and But of course, now you would have like designers and you'd have background artists and you'd have this and that and whatever. Mm. Um, so you sort of kind of miss out on doing that. And it's also great when um, someone tells you you can't do something and you're going, wait a minute, I know for a fact that I did that and that can definitely yeah. be done. So it's nice to sort of get that little all-around basis um, that I think boutique companies are great for um for uh sort of guessing you know yeah and it's also like a bit more like the wild west in a way <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it, it definitely like sounds like it had that wild west feel and especially because now you know brown bag being the biggest animation company in dublin yeah whereas you know when you started was were there any other really big animation companies like i mean there, i think a lot of the companies at that stage had been like about the same size or, or like we're coming up but like mm. i think we'd all sort of been sort of staying at around the same size and trying to make that leap mm. you know i think um olivier or uh, olivia sorry the the pig um tv series was where we sort of made our jump into um tv shows um like i thought it looked like a gorgeous show but it's like if you don't have anything before that to really show you can do it you know mm. it's it's the same like i think we were suffering from the same thing that um students were suffering from it's like the you know showing that we could actually do that yeah um so and then once you do it once then it becomes easier you have it under your belt and and then the next show and the next show comes easier and easier hopefully i mean i guess that's the hope <laughs> and so have you have you been at brown bag for pretty much the entirety of your of your career then um i think i freelanced for about a year um out of college uh on in different places and then um after that yeah i came in on brown bag and yeah it was sort of like uh, well, when the work dries up or, you know, something isn't interesting, sort of go somewhere else. But mm. like that just just hasn't really happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you get shows sort of like karma, you're sort of going, well, why would I want to go somewhere else right now? Like absolutely. this show sounds cool, <laughs> interesting. It's the first season. First seasons are always great because you're like completely designing the world. You get yeah. to be like this little, you know, like puppeteer. So, I mean, that, that doesn't show my ego whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and it's, it's just really cool and exciting to just really define that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And so in your progression as a director, have you found, and maybe like particularly for people coming up who want to be directors, are there particular qualities that have helped you along the way? Or what do you think is kind of necessary for people to nurture in themselves in order to become a director? I think for me, it's trying to, you're always going to be told no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have that um, interesting relationship with producers, you know, like, like, especially in here, like what we, I think we have a good relationship with producers. Well, I, I sort of hope <laughs> they, they might say something differently, 
but um, like we we want the end result for it to look really amazing so they really do bend over backwards where they can to make that happen but at the end of the day they need to get it out you know and sometimes you know we want to tinker on it and get us look beautiful till you know uh forever yeah and i think it's it's trying to when you're being told no on something to just think of it more laterally it's like no but maybe we can do this or that and trying to find the, the fixes or like smart fixes you know and there's always some creative way to twist something and how to make a negative actually become more of a positive. Like I was saying with the 2D on um, mm. Sadie, um, it was, uh, it started out as a budget related just thing. But now you're actually looking back on, oh, thank God they said that to me because had I had I not had that um, put in place, this thing wouldn't have come off it. So yeah. it's, it's trying to um, make negatives into pluses, you know? Yeah. And I think also it's, trying to like it's it's quite a stressful field I think like it's always boom 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 as you can tell on my <laughs> third cup of espresso right now <laughs> um and I think it's it's trying to um keep the momentum going and um keep it uh, quite creative and trying to work in a team uh, like of all these other creative people um and bringing that all together and keep their momentum going which yeah. um I'd say it can be quite hard when you're frazzled with stuff, you know, and and trying to keep them not frazzled as well. So it does. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't everybody want to do I this? <laughs> but um, I think also, like I was saying, I mean, if it's up and coming people, it's really trying to get an an all round basis of, of knowing everything. You know, I, I think from working in commercials, which is great because when you work in commercials, you are you're doing a bit of everything. Yeah, um, it's it's really more fly by the seat of your pants. And I think then when you go into um, this section, you sort of are like then into TV and all of this, you sort of go, well, I'm, I might, storyboarding might not be my strongest, but it's definitely not my weakest. I have done it before, you know. So you're always coming from it with some kind of a foundation on in different levels or in different places. And I think one of the best bits of advice I got was um, there's, I mean, there is, there's about five different ways to skin a cat. And especially in animation and in, in something creative, there's, no particularly right answer you know mm. there could be five right answers but sometimes you just need to pick one and like it's your job to actually to have a vision and to yeah. follow through with that and if you keep flip-flopping on that then it just confuses people even more mm. so I think it's really where possible to keep that vision if you happen to be wrong you know go okay in fairness I hold up my hands let's let's change it but doing that on a day-to-day is just very jarring for everyone involved. Mm. So um, I think you're where the book stops and you just have to make sure that you're quite definite on things. Yeah. And as you were saying, with um, the production times as they are, you're saying with Sadie Sparks, it was two years. You do have to kind of keep your crew motivated for a much longer time than in comparison with live action. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's lots of fun, isn't it? This, you, this is why everyone loves working in development. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'll work a bit on that show. I'll work a bit on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite as a, a long-term commitment as, as production is. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I like to think, I mean, it, I like Sadie Sparks was a hard show to work on because it, it was quite intensive and all of this. But the one thing I would hope 
that people who worked in it would say is it was an interesting show to work on. Mm. You know, it was like our own IP. It was an older age group, which mm. I think everyone from working on preschool, you know, sort of um, appreciates. You know, I think the scripts, because they were older, people could appreciate working on a show that they actually found more amusing. Yeah. And then the fact that it changed from 2D to 3D, you know, like the designers, I think their sensibilities that really appealed to. Mm. So I think there was a lot of interesting things like that that just want made people want to work on it a bit more through all the the slogging mm. <laughs> well at least that's what I hope it's the one thing that kept me going <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and I mean you know so the last time we talked you were kind of just at the final stages of it as well like funny I'm still the... <laughs> at the final stages <laughs> it doesn't, I don't seem to be getting over the last stage but uh, oh sorry you I'm sure you had a question there <laughs> yeah so I guess with with each part of the process your your day-to-day probably changes quite a lot like what you were yeah. doing at the very beginning and in the middle and at the end yeah so you know when we're talking about these intensive days does that tend to happen kind of in the middle of production like are there bits that feel more you know does it just have a bit of a different creative vibe well yeah I mean I, I think anyone who works in animation you get to a stage where it's just notes upon notes you know and mm. you start losing your your finger tip your, <laughs> yeah, like your, your fingerprints because like yeah your your fingers are so smooth from all the typing uh, and yeah at that stage you're sort of going and why did I get into this you know but uh so you're you're being creative through notes upon notes upon notes um and then that's so that middle stage is quite intensive that way um like I think the start stage um like you're doing all the creative the design work and actually building the world so even though it's notes it's, it's a little bit more kind of visual and sort of you know trying to put a description on what exactly you want um, and then I think towards the end of it you're, you're getting in all the HD and the mixes and you're seeing that final everything come together and but it's that awful stage of uh you know okay I don't think this note has actually been followed correctly so it's, <laughs> it's a bit more of a like a watchdog stage you yeah. know uh, which is it's like being an animation auditor has <laughs> like all the T's been like uh, ticked and all the I's dotted uh, so I think the, the middle section is definitely the most intensive so uh, right now I sort of get to breathe and sort of go oh look it's actually working and I got the final two episodes like the climactic episodes in and you're sort of going Amazing. oh it's quite terrible <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think where everyone uh, was sort of at that stage sort of going oh okay it's, it's pretty much done it's sort of like a little bit more smooth sailing now yeah so it sounds like for for directing in particular there is a lot of things like managing people yeah being very detail oriented yeah to the the stage of obsessive no that's that's (laughs) just my style so like I'm sure other people have like like a more relaxed you know take on it so I I would definitely not say uh what I'm saying is gospel so I, I think I've got a freakish style uh but I think depending on your budget sometimes you just you don't have any uh, money to actually make mistakes yeah so it's like you just have to from the ground up you know like um set a really strong foundation with the storyboards and the animatic you know um I think with Sadie I think one of the things I found quite um good well you, you know you've got good animatics when you're getting animation back and the, the client is sort of going could the animation be a bit more like the animatic you know mm. it's sort of going well you know if you're not hitting the the <laughs> boards you know like but uh, so that that was kind of cool that a lot of the charm and the acting was in that and it made it um, 
hopefully for a good blueprint for the animation studio when they went ahead and what they did was really great on it you know like I, I only use that as a like a, a small point yeah that um, yeah. it was great to just say um, oh just you see where that happens here and here in the animatic and um, maybe a bit more of that instead of having to actually come up with the stuff yeah completely like out of the blue you know sometimes Absolutely. you get one pose and you're like going, okay I'm gonna have to add like about eight more poses because <laughs> there's nothing there but uh yeah it's yeah I can't actually remember what we were talking about there. well so keeping on on Sadie Sparks so like so I guess one thing that's interesting to know and I think people have like not really much of a conception of how this works so what happens now like when would you know if there's going to be you know the next season what happens after you've made a beautiful show and it's out there in the universe? Oh, gosh, I guess it's like uh, what it will be sort of dependent on the ratings and, you know, um, I guess where the companies ask, you know, mm. at the time what they have on their books because, you know, you have all these different time slots that are being filled with different shows. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like it's 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 really as I'd say as different as any show that comes in, you know, like uh, the reasons to do a second season, not to do a second season can vary yeah. greatly. So I guess we'll just have to see what's what. Yeah. Know? I think a lot of people tend to think, oh, well, this is such a great show. Obviously, there'll be a second season immediately. Yeah. But well, I guess you never you never know what's going on, like in the backgrounds mm. of different shows, you yeah. know, uh, reasons why it does or does not, you know, happen. And then mm. some shows... I mean, like you look at um, films like Austin Powers, you know, that, you know, didn't do well in the cinema, but then they did really well in um, probably back then it was video or TV, yeah. was it? <laughs> and then it's like, oh God, okay, we have to make a second um, season of this, yeah. you know? So it's like um, different shows do better, you know, at different stages, you know, you, you sell it to a different market and then it does really good in a different market. And yeah. then you're like, going, oh, okay, now we have to make a show because this really big market likes it. So I guess, yeah, it's like, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens with this. And will you be kind of um, traveling around or doing much promotion with it? Or are you kind of just totally scooped up and busy with the next thing now? Um, I guess it, they always give out to me that I'm like hidden in a dark room somewhere. <laughs> like, it was like ball. I, wasn't, I wasn't even around for our internal town hall when the show was shown because I had to do notes in the second episode or the last episode. So I was like, oh, yeah, just say hi to everyone. So I'd say... Um, I'd say in a perfect world, yeah, it'd be great to do uh, some of that. But I guess right now I'm nearly jumping onto the very next show. So it's like, I guess it's fine time. Even. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. Like even no, trying to get time for me now. Absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is great though. We know that you're onto something very exciting, but are there any kind of projects that um, uh, you would love to do kind of down the line in the future, like kind of dream pipe dream type projects? I mean, once you sort of make your own show, I guess, like I always live in my own head. I've got like all my little characters and all my little stories, you know, that like I've got like five different ideas I would love to do. So I'm seeing, I think once you make your own show and see your own stuff come to life, I think that will always sort of be your dream down the road mm. to do your next show, you know. But that's not to say um, that shows like, karma and that um don't give you a thrill you know yeah. it's, it's amazing to work on a show that is so sort of creative mm. and for me it's it's always about bringing characters any characters whether you develop them or not to life and I sort of think I mean you could say yeah like um, bring a book to life or this to life you know but I think sometimes 
it's it's the shows that surprise you and then come out of nowhere you know yeah. like like Doc McStuffins when we were given the script for that to read you know to do the character designs for you're like going um oh well this obviously has been done before like a a, a girl that talks <laughs> to her toys and it's like a doctor and you're like going I, no I, I can't actually think, and I'm, I'm a nerd so I, like I usually reference oh it's a bit of this it's a bit of this and I was going oh yes yeah, like Dr. Doolittle meets Toy Story like that obviously has been done before and you're going no no it hasn't then <laughs> amazingly yourself. it hasn't yeah yeah and you're like going it's I guess it's the surprise of knowing what's coming down the road you know yeah. like why why limit yourself to these projects that you sort of like have hopes and dreams for mm. you know like say a book or whatever when you just don't know what's around the next corner yeah and what's it been like you know, to be here at Brown Bag and seeing it grow from this small company into, you know, now a company that collaborates with Ludacris <laughs> and has this show, which, you know, is like a, a huge hit that everybody knows. Yeah, well, I guess it's like you do Doc <laughs> McSilfen's like, it's all downhill now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we'll never beat it. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, um, like, I mean, like, obviously I speak fondly of like having um, a company when it's at that boutique growing stage, you know, but then it's got, it's got its pluses and its minuses. You know, when you grow into a bigger company, it's trying to keep that creative force going, you know, mm. and uh, even when it sort of gets a bit more um, company orientated, you know, but like when you're a smaller company, like uh, you've got that whole thing where you're, you're begging, borrowing and stealing. Now, in fairness, you're, you're still doing that. <laughs> Like now you've got people who do it for you. Back then you were like just dragging people from their desks and going, by the way, look, don't tell anyone, but could you do this? You know, <laughs> uh, and that that's actually quite cool that Wild West feel. But like then you're sort of at that stage, you're kind of wondering when your next paycheck is coming. Absolutely. So it's, yeah. it's great to sort of get that more corporate feel of, yes, you know, you have your holidays, you have, um, you know, like this nice paycheck, you have, you know, um, you've got your uh, company barbecues, you know, this yeah. kind of thing. But um, I guess, like I was saying, it, it's more um, trying to keep the things that made you a success in at the start and keep that running through the company as it grows. Yeah. It was interesting you saying that about, you know, like all the your holidays and your company barbecues, the kind of stuff that makes your parents think, oh, you, you have a real job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I like I think the great thing about my, about my parents is I never at one stage once ever remotely got, you know, them questioning what I wanted to do. Uh, like I always was going to go into art they always knew this you know mm. I think my mom was the first person who showed me an article on Don Bluth you know back in whatever and I was sort of like I always loved animation I thought I was going to do like illustration or graphic design or something but like at the age of something like 14 it was like going, oh you can do this in Ireland <laughs> so it was like from that moment on it's like that that is what I'm going to do um, and it was only when the recession hit in Ireland and I think my brother and sister like I think their jobs were ever so slightly in question and my mum just made the comment he knew you'd be the one in a stable job I was going were you ever in doubt it's like yeah <laughs> you're going I'm so glad you kept that to yourself <laughs> so so you always knew then you always knew that that this is or this or something adjacent to animation was what you wanted to do yeah I know that's really boring isn't it like you no, talk it's great I talk to people in the industry and you're like you hear these amazing stories of like where where they started and their progression and like well, there's this one woman in uh, Disney you know and she she used to uh, teach knitting you know and you're oh, like wow. going, you know like and just and then people who were social workers and like they went and then how their life shaped them and then they got into where they are and you're like going wow that's amazing it's like nah, I just just wanted to do animation <laughs> so I went to an animation college and now I work in animation it's like story over <laughs> it's like no progression no finding myself and then coming to animation <laughs> 
I mean, it's still an amazing journey, though. And I think a lot of people would envy that kind of clarity as well, just knowing. Or just bullheadedness, really. <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe also handy for directing. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, you're sort of uh, passive aggressively getting what you want. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but can we do it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is one of the things. I always think of a nice person and then I hear from everyone. It's like, you're so stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> they can be one in the same, right? I know. Nice I think your stubborn. pluses are always a negative, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely stubborn. How about yes, that? <laughs> yes, yes. Is that a, a thing? Really? I'm it sure there's be. an adjective for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were graduating then, did it feel like, did it, so you knew what you wanted to do, but it, did it ever feel like um, it was a pipe dream? Oh, yeah, totally. Like I was, I mean, I'm the most practical of people. So it was like, I'm giving it three years and then I'm going to study and be an art teacher. If that's because <laughs> my mom was a, a primary school teacher and I was going, oh, yeah, I love I love the idea of like teaching kids, you know, uh, you know, art. But then I was thinking, oh, I'd get so annoyed if it was ones that just took the class, you know, as a, <laughs> like a DOS class. They would so, like, that would really bug me. <laughs> um, but uh, I think, yeah, I was doing the freelance work for a year and I was, I, I knew it was like, I cannot do freelance, you know, chasing people for money. That is, mm. I cannot do that for the rest of my life. So um, getting into Brown Bag was brilliant, you know, and you're like going, okay, I'll, I'm going to stay here, see see what happens and it was just the idea of growing actually with the company is just an amazing thing so going so like as they go to the next level you go to the next level yeah, absolutely yeah and it's brilliant and then you sort of feel like you have a bit more of a voice and uh, as well as putting feeling like you you mold a show you feel like you might in some way have helped mold a company yeah, as well which yeah. is cool and do you think that people graduating now have a bit of a different perspective, you know, with with it being a, a boom time for animation and people getting snapped up, some of them before they even graduate? Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember when I was like, I like I said, I did the degree in interactive multimedia um, after like the add on one. And I remember we came back after uh, Christmas. And it was the very first thing that was said to us is everyone have a nice Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. The market has fallen out. You're none of you are going to get a job. Just FYI, you know. And you're going, oh, like bugger. That's the reason I was sort of like doing this to broaden my horizons a bit. Uh, so it's, I think, like I, I think expecting this to last um, indefinitely is probably like a bit of a pipe dream, you know. Mm. So um, I think one of the things is to just, I think when content when people want loads and loads of content you know I think sometimes you can get a bit lazy you know it's when you see certain countries that get all these great 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 grants you know and yeah. you have they have to be made in this country and then what they actually do the quality wise sometimes I find kind of slips a little bit because it's they like know they've got it yeah you know mm. it's like you're not lean and mean if you can relax you know I think you need that certain amount of fear what is it desperation breeds inspiration <laughs> So, and I think, yeah, there's that little bit of, um, I remember the time where desperation like was, you know, um, at the cornerstone of every mm. day that you worked. So I think sometimes it's good to remember that and just to, to keep as lean as you can. Yeah. You know, and, and to keep sort of, you know, never sort of lay back and go, I've got a maid. Yeah. And it is interesting as well, because I have heard people compare the industry here to, for example, the industry in L.A., with the expectation of like, oh, well, they're doing that. Why can't we do that? With the assumption that, oh, 
the industry in LA will always be there here will also always be here yeah in the scale that it is yeah yeah it's I guess it's like with um all the with the exemptions that we get with the you know um the tax and everything mm. like it's it's weird it's like I like have a friend that works in economics and that and it's like oh no that's coming up again you know like whether you're going to get this tax you know yeah. and you're like going um and you're you sort of think wow like so like something as small as that could have such an effect on the whole industry you yeah. know if they take that away from you you know and every time it happens I'm like so how does what, what does that look like <laughs> and he's sort of going I don't think they're going to get rid of that it would be literally too detrimental to the actual industry yeah and you're going yeah it's, it's kind of worrying <laughs> that everything teeters on that you know yeah on this one thing I know it's like yeah you're kind of going okay yeah that's that's good to know wish I didn't know it you know <laughs> absolutely yeah and especially because you know there's a certain amount of us being removed from that like if you're a creative you go i don't deal with that that's not my job yeah you're like this person with a butterfly neck just going around collecting butterflies you yeah know? and then someone else deals with your realities <laughs> someone else figures out money <laughs> i know it's weird sometimes in here you get you get treated sort of like going, don't don't you know um worry the creatives they may not be creative <laughs> if they're worried you know it's like it's because you just don't know what makes someone sort of tick in that way it's like yeah. going you know if, if you can work under stress that's brilliant but like some people it's like no 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 like don't don't go near them just let them do what they're doing they're doing something right there don't mess <laughs> with it <laughs> do you think that there is something to be said though from being removed from certain practicalities like you know on the one hand it's it's probably good to know and good to be informed generally but on the flip side there's probably nothing that we could do about whether or not that, you know, tax allowance is renewed or not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, well, I guess, <laughs> I mean, you have so many people in the industry, like in bosses, or like like our boss, you know, and all that would be very much, you know, um, involved in, you know, um, making it aware and trying to keep that torch yeah. flying. Advocating so, for it. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, and I'm sure um, in um, all the different um, groups like Women in Animation and all the other Directors Guild and all, mm. you know, that they're flying that flag, you know. So I, I think in one way it's like you don't want to think, oh, there's better people than me doing this. You know, I guess you don't want to like fob it off yeah. to other people. But it is comforting to know that there are people there, you know, having your back. Absolutely. It's really interesting to think of it that way that, you know, we're basically living in a very good time where we're being given the opportunity to be creative because yeah. there is, you know, there is a machinery that's bigger than us that's kind of working away and allowing money and investment to come into Ireland. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like long may it continue. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of all of this, like the practicalities and money and getting money for a show, did you go out and pitch Sadie Sparks a lot at like the marketplaces or things like that? Or was it mostly done internally here at Brown Bag? Um, I think, well, for me, it was internally. I pitched it the first time. And um, like I said, it sort of said, well, we sort of, um, what Brown Bag got back was we sort of wanted a boy character. We don't really want a girl show at the moment. Um, and then uh, maybe five years went by or six or whatever. And then we got people coming in from a toy company and they were saying, well, we have this thing <laughs> that a toy does. It does this thing. And um, we're sort of, uh, we, we'd like a show to sort of highlight this would be one of the shows we want is a boy show yada 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 and then they sort of said oh and we sort of we'd like a girl show to do it like maybe 
a girl and maybe magic and maybe like I don't know animal or something <laughs> and, and everything they said it was like I already have this show <laughs> so I was like excuse myself to go to the toilet <laughs> inverted commas and it sort of read up on the pitch because I hadn't read my own pitch in like five years <laughs> and sort of came back and you know my my boss is in the room and I was sort of in my head going oh is it is it like I, I don't know if it's rude or not or like presumptuous to like pitched to this person right away going well actually we you know a few years back had this you know without like <laughs> talking over with him first so I was going oh I'm just gonna sort of go oh well you know you know we had this whatever and I was looking at my boss sort of going oh is he gonna go why why are you doing this and he was looking at me very blankly sort of going <laughs> and he completely forgot about it so I'm going Jesus I'm worrying over nothing so I pitched and she's going that's exactly what we want um so and he and so the show got like momentum again so we didn't end up they didn't end up taking it, but just internally the show had gotten momentum. And at that stage, we had, um, I guess, probably a lot more contacts. Um, shows like Doc had happened in the meantime. So mm. there was um, a, a, a quite a boom for like female orientated shows. Yeah. So it, it actually became like a case of that it being a show for girls was a plus, not a negative now. Yeah. So it's sometimes, um, it's not that an, a show is bad or um, it's just timing is key sometimes and mm. I, I guess it's to know or to be able to step back enough from your show to go this isn't a bad idea it's just not uh the idea that's gonna get sold now absolutely and people do forget that as well that yeah it's not just about whether your idea is a genius idea or not sometimes it can be what the networks are looking for yeah what yeah. where they have a gap in their programming things yeah. like that and I guess it's to sort of be able to know whether it's that or, or whether your show just needs a bit more refining. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, and so you've done quite a lot of development work. Would you say that there's anything that makes for a great show Bible? Like what should people be looking to do when they're developing their own shows and their own work? Uh, well, I like for me, I guess it's from an art direction point of view. Um I think when I did Sadie, um, thing like a lot of the times with Bibles are that um, you you don't have like in in terms of three D. Sometimes mm. you don't have the actual assets there at the time. And from a my point of view, I always like to say it with an image. You know, sometimes you're selling characters. You know, mm. so it's like to get that one image of your main character that just shows everything that you want to say. The twinkle in her eye, the side smile. You know, like the pose, like everything, everything in that image is like pushing people to just identify and wanting to make that show. Yeah. And I, like I wasn't in the room when they sold Sadie, but they said that the image that I we had sort of done for it when it was on the table with the other images that everyone's just sort of gravitated towards it, you know, and it, it looked quite rendered. They actually thought it was 3D already. Oh, wow. Um, And it was, I, I think it's really just to, to sort of get that across to people, you know, that they they already feel they know the character. Yeah. Well, for me, that's what helps me identify with things that it just stands out from everything else, you know, and not always that like hero pose, you know, the way it's like the hand on the hip, you know, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're sort of going, well, is that really her or is that just the, the cliches, you know, you, you know, like the two characters leaning back shoulder yeah, to shoulder yeah. in the 80s movie. <laughs> You're going, well, is that really who your character is? You know, yeah. like if you can show it in a, a just a really unique way, that's all them. Yeah. And would you say that that is, you know, the most important part is getting across your characters? I like I'm, I'm trying to think on the last show that I, I sort of 
got across. Um, I mean, like they always say, and I, I do feel it's the same. It's like trying to uh, grab people in a few sentences right at the start. Mm. Like if, I mean, if you can't say it in two sentences, um, you've, you still have to work on the idea. You yeah. know, it's like how to succinctly put across, you know, that people go, yeah, I get it. You know, and everything else is just reeling them in. It's, it's really interesting to hear you talk about that in terms of the images, because I was just reading a little bit about the development of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah. And one of the funny bits about it at the start was one of the creators said, I had just drawn this guy, like, you know, and he was hurting some air bison. At the beginning, they were like, he's just an air guy hurting some air bison. <laughs> it's perfect. He's yeah. an air guy. Right away, you're like going, I get it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the air guy. And it's like funny how all of the stuff that changed around the show that that was still the core of it yeah. you know like his little sketch of this like little bald kid yeah with air, he's an air guy <laughs> <laughs> well I like one of the things I find that people just make a mistake with and again this is just coming from an art, uh, art direction point of view is um, like you have the image that's selling the character and they're looking off the screen left or something it's like it has to be a Mona Lisa that character has to be looking you in the eye no matter yeah. what way you turn you know like so it's saying you know I know you, you know, you know me. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's funny how certain things like that, um, you know, just small little things that once you say it, you're going, oh, yeah. But like you see all these other characters where they're sort of slightly looking off skew and all mm, of this. Mm. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's really, for me, it's, it's trying to get it across the charm of the environment, you know, like um, where where is this world? You know, yeah. why is this world different? Like a lot of the things you get in animation are why is this animation and not live action? Oh my, you hear it so much. <laughs> it's like, well, why would I make this live action? Because like for Sadie, it was that that was one of the things that always got said. Like we were trying to make a sitcom for kids because you know girls like sitcoms. So it's like, well, why can't this you know be sort of have that sitcom um, angsty kind of thing as well? Um, and then it's like, well, why wouldn't we just make it a sitcom? And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it would be great in animation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, going, how can you not see that this being two D and this being, you know, like in three D and this talking rabbit and all had, doesn't work? You yeah. Know? But again, um, things getting those comments are what push you to make it more visual and to actually mm. make it more distinctive. If if you didn't get those comments, then you probably would just do something that's you know, a bit vague and generic, mm. you know. Mm. So sometimes, again, a negative turns into this positive and pushes you forward. Yeah. And the process of getting feedback and critiques and working through the process that way as well. Yeah. I guess it depends who you're getting the critiques from. And <laughs> like, I, I loved, I probably said this the last time, <laughs> I loved working with Disney because I felt that the notes we got from them always pushed it forward, you know. Mm. And sometimes, um, you know, in the past, you might get a note and you're going... Well, this is more like a difference of opinion as opposed to something that's the moment they say it you're going damn we have to do that because now I can't unsee that and yeah. this would just make it so much better you know <laughs> and it's great when you get those type of notes because you're uh, like at the end of the day everyone wants to make it better yeah um, and sometimes it can be a case of if you've too many people just giving an opinion for the sake of it it starts diluting the whole look and it's not actually making it better it's just making it more generic because everyone's changing and tweaking it a little bit. Yeah. You know, and it's it's always good to stay away from that and just to have this clear vision where everyone's on the same path and just bouncing off each other and going, just getting it that next step. Yeah. Well, and as you say as well, like being basically the backbone of the project and using that stubbornness, you know, to say like, this is the heart of the show, yeah. you know, move it forward, but keeping a, a clear vision for it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully it did in the end. But like, uh, yeah, I think when you're on a, 
a show for as long as we have. I mean, like it has been in my head for like 10 years. And like for the stuff, for all the stuff that's on the page, there's all the stuff that isn't on the page that you just know, you know, like the way people yeah. just ask you a random question about the character and like right away you're like, going, well, of course they do this. They wouldn't do that. That's so not them. Yeah. You know, because um, you know that. Person, yeah, you know really. that person. So it's, it's like sometimes I think Jenny Stacy or like development guru would sort of say sometimes it, it's just getting what's in your head on a page, you know? It's yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's people and writers and all that sort of saying, well, what, what would happen in this situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is the fun thing. That's great. Well, thank you for, um, for doing this interview, Brona. And I just want to end with one last question, which is if you have any piece of advice that has kind of stuck with you over the years or, anything that you would like to pass on it can be a short or long piece of advice just anything that you would love to say to people who are coming up in the industry you know students or young professionals well I guess I found I think it harks sort of back to I guess what the boom time and the non-boom time kind Mm. of thing like when I started it was more of a um you were hungry but like you're hungry, desperate hungry kind yeah. of thing. Um, so you were doing everything. Like I I was like a, like a workhorse, you know, and I always wanted to be on the new thing because if you weren't on the new thing, you weren't on anything, <laughs> you know. And um, so I, I find sometimes um, when people come to me and they're going like they've say sometimes you, you get more work or whatever, or, or like they've sort of asked for sort of more work to do or to push Mm. themselves forward to the next level but then you know like you realize at that stage that sometimes you've bitten off more than you can chew and you're sort of going look just fake it till you make it you know and like even if you've bitten off more than you can chew it's like well just try and make it work because the thing that people appreciate is when they give something to someone and they're running with it and it's like it's in safe hands Yes, it's hard. You know, they're going to have sleepless nights over it. They're going to be working a- ages on it. But like it's it's hopefully to get them to the next level. Yeah. So it's just to know when to to knuckle down. Mm. And I guess for me, the biggest like trifecta is someone who is very creative, fast and just runs with something and just makes your life easier, mm. you know? So, and when you get that in an artist or I'm sure like an animator, you know, like the animation directors would probably say this too. They're just worth their weight in gold because yeah, yeah like I, I had it, I, or I have in the past had it in designers cause I would have worked with that where they're just like, the only time they come to you is like, we could do this to make it better. And you're like, oh, I just, I love you right now. And you just <laughs> want to hug them. It's like, you do that, you know? <laughs> um, and they never come to you and just say, this will take me three days longer or um, I've got so much on, I can't do this, you know. Yeah. Just, and I know that's awful because I've been <laughs> in that situation where you're like, you're being worked to the bone, you know, actually I still am. But um, <laughs> it's, I guess for me, it's uh, try and keep hungry mm. and just see what the next step is going to be. Absolutely. And again, I think a lot of people, there's, I, I find that people in this industry, maybe it's just in life in general, um, like separate into two types. There's people who just sort of will go, oh my God, I can totally do this. And then you find out later that they can't. And then there's the ones that are really good, but sometimes don't um, go forward for something because they're not sure if Mm. they're at that stage to go ahead with it. Yeah. You know, and I sort of say, just look, go keep, if you, if this is where you want to go, start um, putting your name in the hat for it even before you think, 
um, you're ready for it mm. because it's going to take about two or three four times before you might be ready or that it's your turn yeah and if you're waiting until you actually are ready it's still going to be two or three or four yeah. times and you're going to get really <laughs> frustrated you know and it's like so fake it till you make it um put your name in the hat before you're ready um and it will just people will you'll start being in people's heads as she's or he's like really eager yeah you know and it's like oh she really wants this and then as you keep coming back it's like yeah I think I think they're ready you know like let's give them a chance yeah. you know but if, if you're going to wait two years until you actually think you're ready then it, Jesus you're wasting time absolutely yeah oh and one last thing how can people watch Sadie Sparks or where will they find it? Oh, it's on the Disney Channel on Saturdays at 8.30. And then uh, I think it's repeating then, you know, uh, as as you do on the Disney Channel. I don't know if it's on during the week uh, at the moment. But yeah, just, just get up really early. You know, Perfect. Like, who, who needs to sleep in on a Saturday? Yeah, it's Saturday morning cartoons. I know, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. You know, you Perfect. can just, just sleep on the couch after it's on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much, Brona. No worries. Thanks so much for joining us, listeners. To find out more about our guest, the Screen Directors Guild, or its animation branch, the Animation Alliance, go to www.sdgi.ie.